Hi. How is everybody? Today is Block of Wood Confirmation Sunday. And in a little bit, a little later in this service, we're going to confirm 10 high schoolers as our newest members of First Community Church. Every time we talk about Block of Wood Confirmation, I feel like I need to explain why we call it Block of Wood. There is a much longer story, but the Cliff Notes version is that in the 1950s, one of First Community's ministers called Confirmation Block of Wood, and the tradition to this day is that our confirmands will receive a little block of wood on a string to wear around their necks as a simple reminder of their faith. In the lead up to this day, this year's high schoolers learned about First Community, our denominational beliefs, our history, our values, and how we put our faith into action through our ministries and missions. Getting confirmed is a big deal. In so doing, our high schoolers are declaring that Christianity is the path that they want to follow, and this community is the one that they want to walk beside on that journey. My hope was that they were coming to their decision thoughtfully, and so I asked each of them to write in their own words why they want to become members of First Community Church. And I'm going to share just pieces and parts of their responses. They said, I want to continue to be part of something bigger than myself and put my beliefs to use through action. At First Community, I would not only be joining a church, but an amazing community as well. I want to continue to learn and grow with this church because it shows God's unconditional love for everyone. My reason for becoming a member of First Community is its inclusion of diverse people. I want to get confirmed because through First Community, I have grown to see God in my own life. I'm proud to be part of a church where differences are not judged but celebrated. I'm glad that I get to be part of a church that spreads love instead of hate. And then I think this one might have been my favorite. <clears throat> At first it was my mom pushing me to get confirmed, but now I would say, I actually want to. <laughs> That's a huge win. That person went on to say, I want to get confirmed so I can be closer to God and the good community that First Community is. In nearly all of their answers, this year's confirmation class mentioned the importance of community. And they want to use this community as a vehicle for reaching out in acts of service and love to others. Which is great, because that's exactly what today's epistle lesson is all about. Today's scripture is from 1 Peter, which is a letter written to early Christian churches. It's attributed to the disciple Peter, but many scholars think it was written in Peter's name by someone else much later. But no matter who wrote it, it was a real letter. It was really written and really sent to early Christian communities in the second century. At that time, it was not easy being Christian. Early Christians were rejected, marginalized, and abused. They were considered unwelcome and even dangerous. Second century Christians were displaced both socially and physically. They were no longer part of the communities that they used to call home. And so the author of this letter is writing words of encouragement and support and solidarity. And the author uses a strange metaphor. The author compares readers to stones that are cast aside by a human builder, and yet chosen and precious in God's sight. The author writes, like living stones, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house. 
This is where I paused in my initial reading of today's text, because what in the world is a living stone? When I read that phrase, the first thing that I thought of was this little known, not very popular children's movie called Frozen. <laughs> Has anyone seen Frozen? Okay, I'm not seeing any hands. Um, so, in Fro I'll give you a recap. In Frozen, the characters Anna and Kristoff are on a journey, and along the way they stumble upon a grove of moss-covered stones. They're boulders of all different shapes and sizes. But then the stones start moving. They roll and tumble, they shift forms, and Anna realizes that they're not just stones. They're living, breathing, speaking trolls. And in true Disney fashion, the rock trolls go on to sing a delightful little tune called Fixer Upper. The lyrics of Fixer Upper are all about how we all have our flaws. We are all imperfect. And sometimes we even make bad choices, especially if we're mad or scared or stressed. The trolls proclaim that we need one another to raise us up and round us out to truly bring out our best. Of course, as they sing these songs, the trolls are physically lifting each other up. They're stacking on top of each other. They're going from their roly-poly rock form to their musical troll form as they sing words like, everyone's a bit of a fixer-upper, but when push comes to shove, you can fix this fixer-upper up with a little bit of love. Just as a side note, I have a theory about the movie Frozen. I have a theory that there is no living human who has ever seen the movie Frozen once. You have either seen it zero times, or you have seen it more times than you can count. Someone at the 9 a.m. service was like, no, I've only seen it once, and I was like, I wish you wouldn't lie to me. <laughs> I know you've seen it more than once. The trolls in Frozen are a silly reference, but I think that in a way they help illustrate the message of today's scripture text. We as individuals are imperfect. We make mistakes. Metaphorically and sometimes literally, we've got broken edges, scuffs and scars, and we don't always fit together very well. Today's scripture text speaks directly to such people, especially those who are not just imperfect, but actively rejected. People who are cast aside due to religion, or race, sexuality, ethnicity, disability, citizenship status, old age, young age, income, or gender, those who are cast aside through oppression, abuse, neglect, violence, prejudice, ignorance, and hate. But the author of this sacred text comes with a radical message. Even though humans might reject you, you are included and accepted in the house that God is building. Remember, the cornerstone of our faith, Jesus the Christ, was also rejected. God isn't just building a new home for you, God is building it with you. It's a spiritual house and you are the living, breathing stones that hold it up, once rejected, now chosen, once alone, now together, once fixer-uppers, now unconditionally loved. This text is good news but how do we live into it? How do we be the kind of fitting together, stronger together, all shapes and sizes type of community that this text is calling us to be? 
When I think about what it means to be part of a community, I think of a story that I read years ago about a teenager named Ashlyn Blocker. When Ashlyn was just a few months old, her parents realized that there was something unusual about her. At that time, one of Ashlyn's eyes started looking red and swollen. So her parents took her to the doctor and they ran some tests and they realized that Ashlyn had a terrible corneal abrasion, a scratch on her eyeball, and it had become infected. The doctors prescribed medication and her eye made a full recovery. But I don't know if you've ever had a corneal abrasion. It is super painful. Why hadn't baby Ashlyn even seemed to notice her injury. That's when doctors discovered that Ashlyn was born with an extremely rare condition called congenital insensitivity to pain. In other words, the communication between Ashlyn's brain and her nerves doesn't work properly. And it's why later in childhood, Ashlyn broke her ankle but walked on it for weeks without knowing. And once while helping cook dinner, Ashlyn reached into a pot of boiling water to grab a spoon, did not feel a thing. Ashlyn is physically incapable of feeling pain. As Ashlyn continued to grow, some told her that her condition made her a superhero. Someone who can walk across burning coals is surely superhuman. And although Ashlyn could do that, I don't think Ashlyn sees herself as particularly super. In reality, she required far more help than the average kid. In fact, much of Ashlyn's childhood was spent trying to figure out whether or not she was injured. Every day at recess, a teacher was assigned to simply follow her around and watch her. When she came inside after playing, she had to go straight to the school nurse who would wash out her eyes and check her shoes for mulch that might be causing blisters that she didn't know about. And Ashlyn's friends were always watching her, trying their hardest to feel pain for Ashlyn. But here's the part of the story that I love so much. At age 13, Ashlyn was helping her father build a chicken coop in the backyard, and while her dad was hammering a nail, he smashed his thumb with the hammer. And immediately, Ashlyn winced and said, ouch. Her dad turned to her and said, why did you say that? And she responded, because it must have hurt. And he said, but what does hurt mean to you? And she said, I don't know, but I know that you are feeling it. It turns out that Ashlyn might not be able to feel pain herself, but she could feel the pain of others. Her ability to empathize and feel for and suffer with was not broken. Like all of us, she could identify when someone else was hurting and share in that pain no problem. Though I read this story about Ashlyn Blocker years ago, she is healthy and happy and in her 20s now, I've continued to think of her story as a beautiful example of what community can do at its best. To be part of a community is to trust that there are other people who are not just willing to, but desire to check in on us, whether it's after recess or after a procedure or after a difficult loss. To be part of a community is to have friends actively watching out for the things that might hurt us. To be part of a community is knowing that we never ever feel pain alone. I love our community. I love this church. I love that these 10 high schoolers are going to join us officially here in a little bit. I love the ways that we help one another feel a sense of belonging no matter what we have or what we lack. 
But sometimes I wonder, once we settle into place like the stones of a foundation, I wonder if we get a little bit too comfortable. To me, Peter's letter is calling us to realize that God's dream is bigger than everything fitting in together nicely and neatly. God's dream declares that there is a difference between fitting in and belonging, and that we are all called to seek those who feel that they fit nowhere and provide them with a sense of belonging. So perhaps from time to time, we ought to ask ourselves, what stones are we rejecting? maybe even without realizing it. Who among us or beyond us does not have a place to call home that maybe we could provide? And in the meantime, how can we appreciate the spiritual house that we have made? And I'm not talking about our buildings, I'm talking about our people. How can we just plain get to know each other better? I want a tighter knit community, more opportunities to realize the ways that others can come in and fill the spaces that I cannot. In other words, we can't feel each other's pain if we don't make chicken coops together. Now I'm gonna say that one more time in case anybody's looking for something to embroider on a pillow. <laughs> we can't feel each other's pain if we don't make chicken coops together. I wanna to end by reminding our confirmands that by becoming part of the faith community today, you are doing a very brave thing. At a time when Christianity still has a bad reputation, one that is so often synonymous with hate and exclusion, it is brave to join a church with the opposite intent, to spread love, acceptance, and justice. At a time when isolation is the norm, when it's easy to stay home and not engage, it is brave to join a community that holds presence and showing up in the highest regard. At a time when being a teenager is so specifically hard, when you're part of a generation that has never known a time without school shootings, climate change, global disease, and crumbling human rights, it is brave to claim a faith that declares hope and believes in peace. This morning, our young people are joining this church because they think we are a community of action. They think we are a people who believe that everyone is included in God's love. They think that we are ready to let ourselves be built into a spiritual house for all people. May we bravely prove them right. Amen. <laughs>